One is accustomed to dining out, and the other prefers a southern fish fry every Friday night. What about the apparent white boy who dribbles the ball and jumps higher than one thinks he should, especially with shorts that are down to his ankles? Maybe it's in corporate America, where we witness young men from the hood running major corporations more profitable than their counterparts in stuffy suits. What race do we call a child whose parents are Asian and black, or Latino and Indian? Do we call them other? What culture do we call an Asian boy or girl raised by white parents, and when all the kin they know are white? These are some of the harsh realities we're faced with on a daily basis. God himself has painted this complex picture, and he did not screw things up. Now let me pause to say that many churches, denominations, and corporate organizations are attempting to move toward closing this great divide. Here's one example. A recent study conducted by a denomination has resulted in proposed organizational changes to give guidance to several congregations sharing one facility, or multi-congregations. In the report, the following facts concerning multi-congregations in the denomination are revealed. Today, the most conservative statistics we have indicate there has been tremendous growth in multi-congregation churches since 1970. The number of U.S. and Canadian multi-congregation churches has grown from one in 1976 to 22 in 1980 and 121 in 1984. This is a 600% increase from 1981 to 1984. If this growth continues, it indicates that before 1990, at least 30% of our U.S. and Canadian churches will be multi-congregational. Of the 450 ethnic works in existence in 1983, either fully organized churches or church-type missions, nearly 60% of them meet in the multi-congregational church setting. The reason for the development of such churches is the immediacy of the need. People who have recently been uprooted from their cultural setting are very receptive to the gospel message. To wait until we can reach many of these people groups by traditional means may be too late. When we see the potential for growth among blacks, Koreans, Hispanics, Armenians, Filipinos, Chinese, Cambodians, and other ethnic groups, the possibilities for organizing new areas of ministry develop in the words of the founder of the Church of Nazarene, Dr. Phineas F. Breezy. We are debtors to give the gospel to every creature in the same measure that we have received it. What we see here is a great attempt to unify and or reach people from other races and cultures, but God's people are still divided. The attempt to reach out is simply allowing multiple churches to live in closer proximity under one single roof instead of one church under the same roof. In other words, are these chairs our chairs? Is this debt our debt? And is this community our community? It is not us and them, nor ours and theirs. There's no territorial rights, just the privilege to preach the gospel to anyone who walks through our doors. Let me attempt to further stage the content of this crucial book. As Christians, we cannot forget that the mind of a holy and omniscient God is not as small and finite as ours. God does not only think in small pockets like we do, in racial and cultural subdivision. He thinks by county, regions, countries, nations, globally. He includes all races and cultures in his scheme of things. No matter one's race or culture, which could be defined by one's skin color, place of origin, heritage, and likes and dislikes, if we have acknowledged Jesus Christ as our Lord and risen Savior, we are family. We are sons and daughters with the same daddy. If this is biblically sound, 
which Galatians 4, verse 1 through 7 supports that it is, we as the worldwide church, the body of Christ, and local church are missing out on the richness of the family life of God. This is how God thinks. Imagine this. All of us, we have missing brothers and sisters yet to be found. We've all gone astray. There are spiritual sons and daughters outside of our own race and culture yet to be birthed by all of us to help assemble his glorious church. But do you believe that is possible? Can you see it? Can you envision with me a church, both locally and worldwide, that is so inviting to all from every race and culture, a church that doesn't mask the wonderful cultural expressions that naturally flow out of one's love for a holy God? Can you see the assortment of people with dreads, cufflinks, crew cuts, baggy pants, light, dark and medium complexions all around the throne, worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Can you imagine one day...